0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today, we got a Q&A. We got a, I feel o- like I've been injected with life. Good. Yeah, because I actually- Carbohydrates. Dude, I was nuts. I was telling Shane, I was like, you know you're dieting when like, you're so excited to eat some white rice tomorrow yeah. morning like <laughs> so stupid but uh i was like yeah dude like it, it was i was actually like full at breakfast which i haven't been like full full at breakfast in a while and then uh i was on a call and i just noticed myself just going off on something and i was like there it is yeah now i remember why i don't die very often so I apologize to all the coaching calls i've had in the last probably, probably four weeks it allergic. Started, started trumping down a little bit but um yeah dude it's a lot i had a. Uh, 350 grams of rice this morning which is uh get out dude it's stupid it's like it was a bowl it was just like a bowl of cooked white rice nice. on top of my eggs and then uh for the second meal I had another little bit less but a bunch more and then I had to switch my oats for rice crispy cereal because I just needed plain rice cereal because we're lowering fiber because if you have too much fiber obviously you can get bloat but it also keeps water in the gut so we're trying to avoid all that you know and uh, so I, the amount of Rice Krispies I had to have, I was like, oh, I'll just swap it, and I'll do the same, like, oatmeal thing, but with Rice Krispies. And I started pouring it in the bowl while I was waiting it, and it just filled up the whole bowl, and I was, like, halfway there, and I'm like, fuck, filled up another bag, and I'm just like, how am I going to eat all this Rice crispy cereal? Because you don't realize how light Rice crispy cereal is. Yeah. It's like really puffed rice. Yeah. So it's even more than regular rice. So I got, like, this bowl of rice with, like, uh, whey protein, all this stuff I usually do, and then a bag on the side <laughs> of rice cereal that I'm going to try to pour in it. I don't know. You haven't done it yet, or is that... No, it's my next meal. Oh, gotcha. I'm not hungry. Gotcha. At all. I'm excited, but I'm not hungry. So, um, it'll be interesting. I haven't... uh, It's always... Honestly, it's kind of... It's one of those things, too, where I'm actually... So, for people listening, my photo shoot is tomorrow as we're recording this. And typically, the best way to do any type of peak... So, there's two things. Number one, people think peak week is like this magical week where, like, all of a sudden, you know, you pull a couple strings, and boom, that's where you get super lean. The reality is it's not true. If you're not super, super lean peak week doesn't even matter. Um, and this is even, I had a bikini competitor compete not too long ago. She actually won her, her show or her class or whatever was her first one. Um, and we didn't do anything. I, I swapped foods to make sure that she didn't have any foods that would cause or trigger bloating or gas or anything like that. I removed artificial sweeteners like the night before, but did nothing else because one, she's a bikini athlete. So she doesn't need to be like veiny and jacked. So a little bit different than bodybuilding physique. And number two, it's just about getting lean enough, right? So, like, if you're shredded to the gills, you can start playing with some things, and then it will affect your look, mm. but it can also fuck your look up, and I think that's where people go wrong, is they do too many things differently at the tail end, and then it fucks up their look, and it's like, well, why did you change a bunch of shit when you were already lean enough, you know? Which is what we're doing is, like, okay, we just need to fill you up with carbs, but in a perfect world, I would have done this, like, two weeks ago to test it. You carb up, and then you go, like, one. Brandon Whitehead did his competition. I put him on stage, and he won, actually. And then he went to go compete for his pro card. He didn't get it, unfortunately. But um, he looked phenomenal. And what we did is we tested a a peak week strategy. It was like we loaded him up with carbs, did the whole thing, and then it was like, all right, take posing pictures every single day for the next four days afterwards. In that last week? Uh, No, we did this weeks before. Oh, gotcha. Because then we go, okay, like, and for him, he looked best three days after his carb up. So we knew if his show was on Saturday, we had to carve up on Thursday because then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he wakes up and he's going to look his best compared to any other day of the week. Right. Um, we didn't have enough time because it was like an eight to nine week prep. I also had some travel and stuff like that. So we just hit the gas. And so we're like, all right, well, we're going to carve up and hopefully it like works out right, which the other thing is I'm not stepping on stage. So like, let's say I overshot carbs and I got watery yep. and I'm like, fuck, I didn't look as good as I wanted to. And I look way better on Friday. I'll just be like, hey, Trav, come out here and take a picture of me. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, so a bunch of carbs today, uh, lowering my water intake by the end of the day, and then tomorrow, a bunch of fats and salt. And you just, like, fucking just soak up everything Damn. you ate, and I'll eat a Snickers bar right before I get out there, which is, like, the sugar, the fat, um, a little bit of the protein inside that. It's a common thing to do something like that. You can also do, like, rice cake with uh, nut butter and jelly, but Snickers bar is way better. Yeah. Um, which I was actually disappointed in because I was, like, hoping for a better candy bar.
1: He gave you Snickers? Yeah. Um, I'm not,
0: I'm just doing whatever he says. I'm like, you tell me what to do, man. Snickers is just not my go-to candy bar. Yeah. They're good, but.
1: Three Musketeers, man.
0: Dude, that's what I said to Shanda, That She was like, really? That's such a, like, plain. And I was like, it kind of is. If you think it's just chocolate and nougat. And what? Nougat. That's what that is inside. Oh. What'd you think it was? I mean, not that I know what a nougat uh, is, yeah, I but that's what it's called. I have no idea. Yeah, it's called the nougat. Oh. But. Well, um, every day. Yeah, I used to love Three Musketeers. Still do. Yeah. I mean, I don't eat them, but yeah. yeah. Um, fast Breaks. Did you ever have those? It's made by Reese's. Yeah. So it's like peanut butter and nougat Yeah. And chocolate. Yeah. So damn good. They didn't get that popular, though. Not too many people liked it.
1: Nutty peanut butter. Like chunky?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It
1: has like uh, chunks on the outside under the chocolate.
0: Kind of like a – oh, man, dude. No, that's a nutrageous bar. Never heard of that. That's a Reese's bar with the nuts underneath the chocolate. damn. That's what it's called. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, So the shoot's tomorrow. I'm excited about it. Uh, We'll be at 1 p.m., so I got a few meals before. I'm going to actually try to sleep in tomorrow. Um, That's the other thing is like people fuck up by training too hard or tweaking things or um, even do like yesterday and the day before my gut was just a mess and I was like please don't do this to me like right before. yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was but um, it's starting to get a little bit better now so thankfully. But um, people just try to manipulate too many things. The biggest, the best way to do it is just get fucking lean. And I haven't done anything crazy this whole time. I've literally, outside of like the the yohimbine, synephrine stack, like that fat loss supplement stack I took at the very end, you know, I, I fucking... 20 minutes of cardio post workout, hit my step count, being yep. in calorie deficit. There we go. Just sitting in it and just doing it. It was actually cool. I don't know if you saw Jackson shared my check in mm-hmm. screenshot and I shared it. That was dope. um It was a cool thing for people to see. Like I didn't, you never send your check in with the intention of hoping your coach like screenshots it and yeah. shares it. You know, but it was. I was glad he shared that one because it, it's funny if you read it because it was like energy low. Uh, food focus. I'm not craving bullshit, but I'm hungry as fuck. Yeah. Like, uh, stress, none. Got yeah. that under control. But it was like, some. there was one that was like, uh, maybe it was recovery or something. It was just like fucked. Like, it was clearly that like, my biofeedback was not in a good place, but my motivation was still high. And it was like, there was a lot of like, acceptance of what is required to get to a place that I'm trying to go. Totally. You know, for people listening who just generally want to get leaner and sustain a lean physique, you don't need to necessarily get to this point. I think that, You know, if I was trying to do this for lifestyle-oriented things, I probably would have stopped like two or three weeks ago because I was getting that place where I'm like, okay, I can see my abs very easily. I'm not pushing biofeedback too hard or down in the hole. I could easily start my reverse right now and probably maintain this. But for the sake of the photo shoot, I'm going to push fucking harder, and then my reverse is going to bring me back up to where I was three weeks ago, and then I'm going to try to stay there. Um, But for a lot of people, you don't have to take to that place because I think there's this like – at least in my situation right now, this two to three week period where that's where your adherence is tested. I mean, the amount of times I wanted to like eat things that I wouldn't normally want to eat is pretty weird. It's like abnormal. Like, uh, I was doing dishes and like the rice cooker was still there from when she had rice and it's just rice cooked with chicken broth. And it was like literally like cold at this point. And I was like very tempted. Like I almost took a big bite because I was like, God it looks so fucking good. Like dry, <laughs> cold rice. Yeah. And then i like thought about it. And I was like, dude, that's gross. Stop. <laughs> you don't want that. And, uh, but like, you notice those things, right? Or I was at, uh, Blakely had her uh, ballet recital practice uh, a couple weeks ago and it was on a weekend. So me and Shannon are waiting out there because you can't go in there with them or else I get distracted by their parents, you know? So we're talking to another parent and they're standing up talking and I noticed myself like I was leaning against the wall in a weird position instead of standing up right, talking to them like they are. Until I caught myself doing it. And that's part of, I think, experience when cutting. You start to become more aware of, I mean, that is literally metabolic adaptation that's neat, dropping, right? Because my ability to just stand there is lowering, right? So, uh, But I noticed myself and kind of like smirked in my head and kind of stood up. I noticed at the grocery store the other day when I'm like just like leaning over the cart while I push it instead of just standing up tall like I normally would. You know, I'm like literally using all my weight on it. And I just feel like, God damn it. you having a conversation again. with Blakely, like slouching. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And she's like right in front of me in the little cart. But then I stand up tall cause I'm like, oh yeah, hold on. Remember, neat. Yep. <laughs> You're metabolically adapting right now, Cody. Uh, but that's just body awareness. You know what I mean? And I I think uh, it really, really hit me the, the last like few weeks. Totally. Few weeks for sure.
1: You, uh, you mentioned in the last video that we did your physique update on that you – that week you were weighing in at about 167. Um, what are you at now and what the biggest difference is between even three weeks ago till now
0: that you yeah. see? Uh, I've been dropping a pound a week, I want to say, on average. Um, between a half a pound and a pound, which is a good amount for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning I weighed in at 166 flat, but um, I bounced up. So my lowest weigh-in was last week and it was 164.6. Um, and I'm 5'9", for those listening. Um I always laugh when I say it, for those listening. Yeah, who else would I be telling? Yeah. Um, so so uh, one uh, for those of you watching this right now, you know, uh, so one sixty four uh, was the lowest, and my average was one sixty five point like five. I think uh, my weight jumped up a little bit. I think it was my gut was killing me this weekend and I was actually kind of nervous. I think it was, it was kind of a cyclical thing. Cause like something was bugging my stomach and it was causing bloat. And then I was getting kind of stressed because I knew the photo shoot was coming out, which I think made it worse because mm-hmm. stress retains water and makes you bloated. So it was like this vicious cycle of like, Oh fuck, this is bad, you know? Um, but then I also went to the chiropractor on Friday. And sometimes when you go to the chiropractor, you have some inflammation just like you would if you just started a training program. Um, Cause if you jump into a new training program and you, have muscle damage, which isn't a bad thing. It creates systemic inflammation, which retains water to the muscle to help it recover. But that does weigh down the scale. You know, people will say like, how did I gain a pound? I just started this phallus program, this new training program. Well, are you sore? Yeah, I'm really sore. I haven't trained like this forever. That's why, you know, it's masking weight loss. Um, so I think part of it was that I haven't been to the Cairo in probably like a month or two. I haven't seen the Cairo since we made that video. Wow. it's been a minute. Usually I go every other week and I've just been so busy that I haven't been able to. And uh, man, I was a mess. It was the most painful chiropractor session I've ever been because one, I haven't been in two months and two, I'm so lean that there was nothing to protect it. So like she would just barely put her elbow on my glute and I was like, whoa, like jumping Damn. off the table. It's fucked. Um, but I think the combination of those things. You also things, had a pretty stressful weekend. Yeah, that, and that's what I was gonna say. Like those things made it worse and then I kind of tweaked my low back freaking building this damn trampoline. <laughs> Tell them about it. it was, dude, so I was just at the bank and the the lady's like, oh, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I built a, uh, I took down and built a trampoline in the pouring down rain by myself for my daughter. And she was kind of like, oh, that sounds like a good weekend. I was like, no, it wasn't, <laughs> but <laughs> she's happy. Uh, but I literally drove the Slade's house, bought this used trampoline, which was funny too because Shannon was like, you're, you're gonna ask for help and i was like well no because i don't really have anybody around here that's in town that could help me and i don't think it, like it's a trampoline i just gotta take it apart you know Screw carrying it like as a whole of course but like once you take it all apart i probably could do it myself and there's two people there's just two miserable people in the rain like yeah. i might as well just do it myself she's like well i wonder if the guy that will help you you know we're taking it out of his he's moving he's trying to get rid of it did I go to their house? They have three cars in the driveway, a narrow fence like the size of this door, like very tiny, with this like little thing to get in the backyard. And they're par- they have a Escalade parked like right on the edge. And I'm like, you want me to carry all this metal shit right next to your Escalade? You yeah. trust me? You've never met me. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would park my car down the street. Yeah. I not trust people. But they didn't move it. They yeah. didn't come outside. They. I-, I pulled up and I watched some of the blinds shut. They didn't come out and say hi. Help me. Nothing. You just walked in the backyard? Yeah. It was unlocked. I just walked in, just took it apart and left. And I was like, damn, you could at least like, I, I wouldn't have asked for your help if you would have said like, hey, do you know? I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I just got my headphones in. I'm doing my thing. But like open the door and be like, yo, do you want me to help you? Do you want me to move my car so it's easier for you? Like maybe How'd you put know- a door stop for the gate? How did you know to like just go back there? Because they just messaged Shannon and were like, the gate's unlocked. Because we we drove by up there and paid and then we're like, we'll be back tomorrow. all right anyway yeah so then i so i i completely took it apart put it in the back of my truck drove to my house brought it all in the backyard and then me and shannon built it took and and mind you we built it wrong twice so we had to like undo it and rebuild it my back was killing me after that um so i think i was holding water because of that so i was weighed a little bit heavier um and it made me nervous but i'm just following the plan um i also think i have a good feeling that Like right now, I feel pretty full because I haven't ate this many carbs in a while, but I have a good feeling my weight's going to like whoosh down. They call it the whoosh effect. And it used to be this thing where like you would just drop five pounds in a few days and it was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like what magic trick did you do for fat loss? It's purely water weight. Uh, We see this with people when they take refeeds or diet breaks and they lose a bunch of weight. It's usually because the diet and or lifestyle factors are causing more stress. You're retaining more water um, and or you don't have enough fiber because your carbs are reduced because of the deficit. Now you're retaining water in your gut as well then you have a big refeed with all these carbs and your body just flushes water you have regular bowel movements and then boom you're you're dropped weight. so i have a good feeling i'll probably weigh in at like 164 again tomorrow um but regardless i was leaner two weeks ago than i was last time i did my photo shoot oh yeah 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 last time i did my photo shoot which was 2019 august shout out to chris barakat he helped me with that one i was 155 Point eight, I think or 156.8 but I'm pretty sure it was 155.8 the day of the shoot and I have the tracker somewhere so I got to pull it up um, but if I weigh in at about 165 right now that's what my average was from last week 165.5 that's 10 pounds over which two and a half three years almost three years because August this year would be Three years. So just shy two months of three years, which is a long period of time. Pure muscle. Pure muscle, though. That's a lot of fucking muscle to build in, in three years as somebody who's an advanced lifter. Yeah. You know, and not taking uh, growth hormone, insulin, Tren. <laughs> I don't know. Those are the only ones I know the names of. Yeah. Um, Anavar, that's another one. Uh, I don't know much about steroids. Yeah point being is is super super stoked about that i'm gonna do a side by side uh of those once we get it so we'll mock all the pictures we did so it's this exact same lighting we basically just at the claw it was just like same exact big garage bay door just open it up should be sunny tomorrow actually it's beautiful today it's supposed to be like cloudy tomorrow hopefully but that's enough natural lighting to do the same effect i would assume um it probably wasn't sunny last time anyway is it never sunny here uh and uh, we'll be able to mock the same photos and try to that'd be sick yeah yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Stoked to see what it looks um, like. And it's actually going to be perfect too, because I'm I'm I should be my one of my ninety goals was to finish that ebook, and I should be done by the end of the the quarter, which would be July first. So if that's the case, then I'll have the cover for that. We'll be able to. It'll basically be like, here's like the book about this transformation, almost in a way. Oh, yeah. it's all the strategies for that. Um, I don't go into the macros and all that stuff because we already have that book. But I talk about the science of fat loss and undiscussed things inside of fat loss that are more evidence based that I think people get a lot out of. Um, Sick. So shameless plug: tailoredcoachingmethod.com/guides. There's a whole bunch of them. They're free. Teach you a hell of a lot. Maybe soon, um, be more. Yeah. And then when we we launch this, I'll shout out that too. Um, also, if you guys want to do the exact fucking training program I did during this entire cut. Um, That's on the Taylor Trainer now. It's called Pure Bodybuilding. It's a five day split. It's definitely geared more towards a male physique, I will say. Um, However, you could easily make a couple tweaks by just switching out. Like, so for example, uh, you train your arms on leg days. You could easily remove one superset of arms and put glutes there to have more of a glute emphasis and less arms, but still hit your arms. And it would instantly be a great female program. That's really the main difference we see. I would say I alter like heavy chest pressing for women typically and then less arms more glutes yeah like those are the biggest changes so you can do that but it's in there if you guys want it. uh trainer app.com you get full access to that um i ran it for 10 weeks because it was like a couple weeks and then into my shoot may I, I really think it worked well to maintain all my muscle and if you're trying to build muscle it'll work even better Dope. so yeah
1: hell yeah i just have to say something
0: 100 grand what? candy bar oh that was, that was good yeah those weren't best, those weren't nuts those are rice crisps oh you're right mm-hmm. that's okay. why it's so fucking good and it's got caramel in it yes and that's they like took a crunch bar and just stepped it the fuck up yeah yes because the yes. crunch bar was like uh, yeah. i see what you're doing here dude but you're not quite there <laughs> you're yet. down with the chocolate bars dude yeah, dude bro like <laughs> i ate chocolate bars on the regular come on <laughs> The, the, it is a crunch bar, the yeah. The corner store by the five mile. Yeah. Like we used to ride our bikes there and I would just load up on candy. Yep. Yeah. All the time. I actually usually was more of a sweets guy to be honest with you. I used to love giant chewy sweet tarts. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Those big ass ones. Sour patch kids. Are my favorite. Sour patch were good.
1: They were good. All right, cool. Let's get into the QA today, guys. Um it was a good update. Oh, real quick, real,
0: real quick. Speaking of being kids, I just have to this is dude. So we're sitting down at dinner last night. It's just funny because Once you have a kid, you're going to start seeing things that you remember doing, and it's so weird. So Blakely always finishes dinner first, and she runs off, right? And then I see her run over, and, like, this thing goes and slaps on the table, and it was one of those gummy hands with a long string. Oh, yeah. And I was like, they still make those? I got so excited. She was like, look what I got at preschool. I was like, watch this. And she had, like, her napkin over there, and I was like, and I, like, pulled it back, and she was like, whoa. She thought it was so cool. I was
1: fucking dying, oh, that's bro. That's like a that's something something you get in a, like a uh, a dispenser at the skating rink or something. I
0: literally was gonna say the skate rink. Yeah, 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 dude. That's so funny. All Holy right, shit. Anyway,
1: all right, cool. The first one is
0: going to come from
1: Jordan P. It says, "Hi Cody, I am in desperate need of your help. I'm an avid gym. Uh, I am an, goer. A, a goer, a yeah. goer. I'm an avid g- gym that. goer and have been lifting weights since Division One soccer days and have and have been over for three years. Lately, I've been struggling when it comes to the gym and my recovery. I've been shortness of breath, poor digestion, overly exhausted, easily agitated, et cetera. Whoa. And Your biofeedback's worse I, than I'm I. not sure why. I absolutely love the gym. It's my sanctuary, and I am unsure if I am lighting a candle up from both ends. I train for about an hour and 45 minutes, five days a week, doing a push-pull legs method. Other than that, I just take my dog for a walk and get about 10 K steps per day. I'm not sure why I'm feeling like this, but your expertise and recommendations are much needed.
0: So I think that this is where there's no black and white answer because if somebody was like, hey, is 10 K steps a day in a, a six day push pull leg split? Not good. And he said five day, right? Uh, yep. So if it's a five day. He's probably doing an upper lower push-pull legs, or he's skipping one of the days because push-pull legs, push-pull legs is six days a week. Point being is if somebody goes, hey, I'm lifting five days a week and doing 10K steps a day, is that too much for me to recover from? I'm going to say 90% of the time, no. If you've never trained until this week, yeah, it's too much. There's no reason to go from zero to 100, but for somebody like him who's an ex-D1 soccer player, right there alone, even if you never weight trained, i got to imagine you could probably recover from it. Um... So it comes down to actually being able to manage the stresses, and that's why you're not adapting properly. So whether you're doing a four-day or a five-day or a six-day plan in 10K or 15K or 20K steps a day, no matter what, you got to manage your stress at the level that you're applying the stress to, right? So um, number one question, are you deloading? If you're never deloading, start fucking deloading. There's a lot of symptoms and signs that show you you probably need to deload, and you named off about 90% of them. So Basically, what you should be doing is tracking those things, which I imagine you are. When you start to see the signals that those things are coming about, take a deload. Plain and simple. It, it should be proactive instead of reactive. You're being reactive right now. So if you listen to this, and you're like, oh shit, I need to take a deload. You're being reactive. You're doing it after the fact. And for you, I would take a full week off of training and then a week of deloaded training and then get back into training because you're being, you're, you're so delayed with it. Um, and the reason this is very important is because if you just try to muster up, The motivation and grit, and just keep going. You're basically doing this. Like, you get to a point where you cannot train at 100% because you're too underrecovered, but you're too stubborn to take a deload. So now you're training at like 60 to 80% at best for multiple weeks on end, which means you're digging your hole deeper and you're not getting the most out of your training. Whereas you could just take a deload week, get yourself back up to 100%, make zero gains because you're not training much at all that week. But then you come back at 100% and you're able to make up for those and sometimes super compensate. So 100% you should probably be taking deload. If you're in a deficit, you should probably take a diet break or just not be in deficit. Or you're trying to lose fat and you're in a deficit, so just accept that training is going to be shitty, biofeedback's not always going to be great, and then adjust as needed. So even for me, I have lowered the intensity or volume in certain aspects of my training on purpose as the diet started to take its toll on me. I removed high-intensity cardio when the diet started to take its toll on me. I focused on meditation or sleep and stuff like that more often when the diet started to take its toll on me. I didn't try to change the fact that my biofeedback was going to be bad because at a certain point, I knew it was going to happen. So if you're dieting, you just got to accept it. But typically, we just got to manage stress. So if you're if you're not getting enough sleep, get enough sleep. If you're not uh, eating enough calories or protein, eat enough calories and protein. If you are never deloading, deload every fourth to sixth week. Everybody's going to be different. Um, do those things so that you can ultimately actually recover and be able to consistently do it. Because you're not doing too much just by, like, written on paper. It yeah. doesn't sound like anything's wrong with that. Totally. But there's something wrong with your recovery.
1: So when you say with the training part, with the deloads I'm doing – being proactive opposed to reactive, is there a certain structure you think for him maybe personally or in general?
0: Yeah, for, for proactive deloads, I always say it, it really depends on how hard you're going to the gym. So um, I typically like a deload every fourth week. Um, if I'm traveling, I try to plan well, you it.
1: did mention don't train for a week and then deload for a week. So, What's that? Didn't you say – for this per- situation, yeah. you said don't train it for a week and then deload for a week and yeah, then get back at it? Yeah, because
0: he's so late to it, right? So if he, if, if I look at it, if I was having a conversation with him and I'm like, man, you should have deloaded two months ago. Totally. I would say take a full week off training. Right now. Right now. Gotcha. If I was like, oh, you probably should have taken a deload last week. Just take one this week. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But if we're being proactive, it means that we're planning ahead. We're being proactive about when we're going to deload. And in that regard, I usually like to do it every fourth week. So it's like uh, – and I think for – for the newer you get into lifting, the longer you can go without them. And the reason I say that is the because – The newer you get in? The newer you are in lifting, I guess, um, would be how you phrase that. So if somebody has been training for – so I've been training for over a decade. So for me, every fourth week works great because week one of a new program, there's far less of a learning curve because I've done all these exercises before, even if I haven't done them in this order, I know I can take that set to failure basically immediately if I want to because I have experience in the gym. Somebody who's very new is gonna have to take a week or two to get used to the exercise, kind of understand what what kind of load they need to use, then finally start progressing and pushing it. So I like to add a few weeks onto theirs regardless. So they should be deloading every like seventh week. So they can progress for six weeks and then deload on the seventh week, rinse and repeat. Somebody who's been more experienced, maybe three weeks of progressing, the fourth or fifth week would be their deload week. So I like to do every fourth week. However, what I will say is you can match this with your lifestyle too. So if I know I have a trip coming up like when I was going to Austin or anything like that and that would fall on like week 2 of my program, I would have like pushed my last program to 6 weeks of no deloading instead of 4 and then deload when I'm traveling because yep. it just makes more sense. Um but every 4 to 7 weeks is probably the sweet spot. 4 to 8 weeks would probably be the sweet spot. Um and then for structuring it, just lower your volume and intensity simple the easiest way to do it is drop your sets down by 25 so you're not doing as much in the gym that could be by you know an, an easy way to do this if you like following routine really well if you train five days a week train three days pick your three favorite days just do that um, if you want to be in the gym five days then reduce sets volume by 25 percent and then literally just lower your rpe like a lot of people aren't using percentages so if somebody was using 80% of their rep max I'd say drop that to 70 but most of the time it's like if you're taking that one to two reps away from failure, take it four to five reps away from failure. Like, leave purposeful. Like, train enough to stimulate, but then just leave it. Don't don't try to fatigue too much. Don't try to go overload or take anything to failure. Totally. And simple. I love it.
1: All right, cool. Next one will be from Jessica Whitwell. It says, if you had a crazy day and had to choose one, what would what would more important to get your steps workout or sleep in? Does it change depending whether or not you are maintaining or trying to lose fat?
0: It does matter. Um, and I'll, and I'll say in each cause it depends. Um, for fat loss, I would say 75% of the time sleep is probably going to be the best bet. Um, because adherence to the diet is the most important thing. Did she say diet in there? She said sleep steps or workout, right? Steps, workout, sleep. Okay. So for for, diet, for fat loss, dieting is the most important thing. If you skip on sleep, you are 10 times more likely to have higher cravings and uh, less inhibition, which means lower adherence to the diet the next day and the days following. So we could say, fuck it, just grind through it, and I've done this before, and then the next day you're hungrier, you have more cravings, and you're more likely to give in to those cravings. So it's better to say, unfortunately, i got to skip the cardio, skip the steps, if I can make up for it in a couple days, great. And this is why weekly averages are important. So even if I'm like, man, I felt 2,000 steps short, but I got an extra hour of sleep, I'm just going to tack on an extra 2,000 steps tomorrow. Perfect. By the end of the week, you get the same. Totally. Um, it's ideal to do them every day, but if you can't, you have a fallback. And the diet's most important. So whatever's going to uh, negatively impact the diet the least is the option you should go with, which means that you got to go for sleep and skip the workout or the the neat, uh, the steps. Now, if you are dieting for fat loss and you run into this issue constantly, it's not the right time for you to diet because if you constantly run into the issue that you can't get your workout and you can't get your steps in or whatever, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it's the wrong time to diet because if you need to diet to lose weight for health purposes, you should, Um, but you need to reorganize your schedule, reorganize your routine, pick a different program. Like if you're trying to follow a six-day program and you keep skipping sessions, Pick a four-day split. Yeah, you know it's gonna be fine. Um, and I see people do it all the time. They're so like, I want to follow this plan, but your lifestyle doesn't match that plan. So adjust. Um, if you're in maintenance or a surplus, trying to gain or whatever, I think you could get away with skipping the sleep a little bit more. Reason being is because you have more room to play with with your calories. You're not gonna have as many cravings, and you have other factors that are in place that are going to help recovery. Help recovery more, not limit it. Right? When you're in a diet, you're limiting your ability to recover. If you're at maintenance, you're gonna be fine. Like. If you skip a couple hours, I, in some cases, I would say oh, you're only going to get six hours tonight. Yeah, that's fine. Get your workout in. Yeah. Like, build some muscle. Like, you should be doing that. Yeah. Um, but when you're dieting, sleep just becomes so much more important. Totally. You know, I noticed it's funny. Like, uh, I have missed significantly more time of the the TV show we're watching due to falling asleep while we're watching it in the last like four weeks than I have in months. From Shannon. being lethargic, yeah, because we watch shows before bed, and I've like just been passing out like like halfway through the episode now, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, let's go to bed. And then next day I'm like, what happened? She's
1: like, oh damn. shit, let's go to bed. No, you were, yeah,
0: you've been to bed, <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right, cool. Uh, that's good.
1: We will move on. Next one goes from or comes from Liana. Says I'm a 19 year old female, 172 inches. No, 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 sorry, 172 centimeters tall, 76 kilograms, looking to build muscle and, and lose fat at the same time. I went through a weight loss phase in 2020, losing 10 kilograms, but gained it back due to COVID and live events. I'm struggling with how many calories to eat because I'm hearing different sources say different things. I don't want to go too, uh, too low to start, but want to create a deficit enough to look lean, lean and muscular in about 12 to 16 weeks. Do you have any tips on how to calculate calories? What should my net calories be each week? And I want to let you know I work out uh, three to four times a week.
0: Um, First of all, I'm not going to tell you exactly what your calories could be because there's a million caveats. So I am going to suggest hiring a coach. Like I think this is a – it's a shameless plug, but it's a necessary plug. Um, There's a link in the description. You can talk to a coach for free, and then we can decide if that's a good fit for you. But at the end of the day, for me to say like, oh, you should be eating 21 – 100 calories is like it's just bullshit like I don't know because I have your weight and your height and I can use a formula online just like you can but I can't really determine like okay well what's your life stress what what did you do in the last night that made it not work why weren't you able to sustain that like I know you said COVID and work but we all went through COVID and work and there's I have plenty of clients who sustain that so what was different about you was it the lack of accountability was it a higher stress what was that stress why was it there how you know what I mean there's so many caveats to it um you're training three to four days a week. Okay, what does that look like? Full body, upper, lower? Is it CrossFit? Is it bodybuilding? Like there's just so many things that influence how many calories you would be consuming that I can't tell you exactly what it is. However, what I, the tip I will give you or the thing I will share is just kind of like whether or not a fast or slow approach is the right approach. I think that there's no right answer there. Uh, a lot of research would say that Slower is better. Most researchers, most coaches would agree with that because you are more likely to maintain muscle. It's easier to adhere to, and it's uh, it's, it's an easier process to plan out over time. However, uh, there's also some research that shows uh, faster progress on the front end is actually better. Um, there's a lot of research that shows, you know, from a mo- intrinsic motivation perspective, uh, people will do much better even long-term, if they have some instant gratification. So if I take you through too slow of a fat loss process, at the beginning, you might not even make it to month three because it's so slow that you're not seeing enough progress to keep yourself motivated. Whereas if I help you drop way more weight in the first four weeks, you are going to be highly motivated to continue, and then we can taper off. Um, So a lot of situations, I like doing that. There's also, and this is why we just made this video. um, Now I can't remember what we titled it, but... Choosing your best diet that's not what it's called, but something similar to that. I don't think that's exactly what it's called. Um, is it? No. Okay. I was gonna say you're smirking like I'm wrong. No,
1: I'm smirking because we can't remember the title Uh,
0: and it just aired today. (laughs) Um, go to the YouTube channel. It's the, it's probably the latest video as you're listening to this. Um, actually it won't be, (laughs) but, uh, what is it called? How to set up
1: your diet for fat loss.
0: There you go. Um, really in-depth video and I talk about this, uh, there's there's a maintenance range that people kind of float in, right? It's not just like dead set number. It's a moving target. And so if you try to go too slow, you might not get out of that maintenance range. So for example, if your maintenance you calculate is 1,800, it might be anywhere between 1,600 and 2,200, which means that you could float up a little bit and not gain weight, and you could drop up to 200 calories and maybe not lose any weight. So if you try to go too slow and you only drop 200 calories and you don't lose any weight, now you're just stressed recovering worse and pissed off that you're not losing any weight um the other side of this too is when we look at fat loss research and this is where i think people need to understand the difference between like what's done in research and what people think is right to do in practicality because there's a lot of research who will will say like no slow and steady is a much better approach and you go okay cool like what fat loss research have you done and they show you and they're like oh but you're using a 20 to 30 percent deficit in this and they're like yep and we just focus on consistency and long term like oh well that's a big fucking deficit yeah because people usually jump into deficit and they do like a five to ten and it doesn't get them out of that maintenance range five to ten percent should be your adjustment down the road i believe that starting out with a big enough deficit to get you out of that maintenance zone is honestly probably most ideal unless somebody is in that maintenance range and i feel like they're inaccurately tracking their macros which happens very often as well but if you're hitting maintenance at 1800, but I think you're mistracking. So you're actually eating 2200 constantly. That would mean 2200 is actually your maintenance and your maintenance range is 2000 to 2400 instead of eight or 1600 to 22, yeah. which means that I could drop you to 1800 and you'd lose weight. Right. So, um, which would be a 200 calorie deficit, quote unquote, when really it was more like a four to 500 calorie deficit, which would probably be 20%. So, with all that being said, I like taking a more aggressive approach out the gate, like make it a big jump, drop their calories enough to start seeing initial weight loss. It's going to cause more motivation in you to stay consistent, and it's going to ensure you get out of that maintenance range. And then you can be slow and steady after the fact, utilize diet breaks, refeeds, things like that. Um, it makes a lot more sense to me. In practice, it usually works much better too. Um, and then you can also go, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this for... 16 weeks or less, right? That's four months. So, like, let's get after this diet. Let's make it happen um, instead of dragging along too long, right? And the, the last thing is actually Jackson Pias posted this the other day and it was really cool. Um, there was a research study that kind of compared the two and it was like uh, they went – group A went really fast in the beginning and then brought their calories up and went slow after the fact and then group B went slow the whole time and the initial result was, yes, more weight loss in the faster group but they lost more lean tissue as well, which is why the people that follow the slow group are always like, that's way better because you maintain more lean mass. But then when they did a follow-up study months and months and months later, the group that had the faster progress in the beginning actually lost more body fat months later so they were more likely to sustain more of a fat loss effect after the study was done and they still had the same amount of muscle tissue because when they started reverse dieting or refeeding the muscle tissue came back on because it's really easy to rebuild or replenish muscle tissue Totally, which just goes to show that even research shows it might be an effective approach to go fast in the beginning taper off as you go to slow it down and that might actually be the best way to not only lose more fat but sustain it long term so Hmm. and then of course personality type depends on it too was that his study no Oh. Um, but he just posted about it, reviewed it. Um, That's cool. so all that to say, like most people I think do really well with a, a faster approach in the beginning and then tapering off. But again, personality type does influence this quite a bit. Totally.
1: Cool. All right. We got another one here. It is from Beatriz Moore it says, I usually mix protein shake with coffee. Should I be drinking this before or after working out? Before. I mean, it's the next question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. Uh, you definitely don't want caffeine. I mean, I, you can have caffeine after. I guess it depends on when you're working out. Um, I also think protein powder inside a coffee sucks. It's it doesn't mix well. So I don't know if you it a coffee protein powder. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, real whey protein powder does not mix well. It clumps up. It's just not um, the only way I can get it to even work in, in oatmeal is by mixing other things with it to make it not that way because hot hot water hot liquid clumps it up it doesn't do well um so i would i mean here's the things like caffeine is going to support performance in the gym so typically you want to have caffeine before you work out but if you're training early early in the morning and you still want coffee in the morning after your workout because you need to go to work or whatever i mean both you could do either i mean it don't matter to me yeah um
1: I I know of people that, and I don't know, I'm not claiming this person, but there's like, you know, from whoever, you know, it's a pre-made protein shake, they put it in their coffee. Mm
0: -hmm. It's not like whey protein. Like creamer. They use it like creamer. It's like a bottled protein powder. Correct. No, it's not even powder. It's It's a drink. It's a
1: drink. Yeah. Like a muscle
0: milk. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Protein. And uh, they put it in there like a creamer. Yep. Yep. Maybe that's what they mean. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Because that doesn't clump up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, caffeine is, is meant to be used as a pre-workout. That's there my you. whole point. Yeah. It's going to help performance. It's not really going to do much post-workout. Um, there is some uh, evidence to show that caffeine can increase glucose uptake. So if you want to use caffeine post-workout as well, it might be able to help you absorb more carbohydrates. But we're stretching here. Yep. Um, Most people shouldn't do this because you, if you work out in the afternoon, now you're having caffeine too late and it's going to yeah. fuck with your sleep. Um, caffeine can also disturb creatine absorption. Potentially there's some research that might support that. Um, and if you're taking creatine post-workout, like most people do, that might fuck with it. So I probably would lean on pre-workout and just have a whey protein shake, you know, and then have your coffee separately if you want to drink coffee for something. There you go. You know, cool.
1: All right. We will go to the next question. It's our last one today. It says it's from Andrew. Says, I know weight fluctuations are normal, but do you have any tips to minimize large changes? It is not uncommon for my weight to steadily increase over days and then drop by 10 to 12 pounds from one to the next. I can always tell a large drop is coming the night before because I will experience awful leg foot cramps. Diet slash fiber intake are consistent, uh, thank you for your content. Keep up the
0: good work. Those are huge fluctuations.
1: 10 to 12 pounds.
0: I mean, that sounds like a lot of edema. Um, if you're getting, cr- I mean, but cramps usually are dehydration or lack of electrolytes and in, in potassium, magnesium, calcium, things like that. Um, that's tough, man. Uh, you shouldn't be fluctuating that much. What I will say generally with fluctuations is that they're very normal. But when I have a client who is experiencing fluctuations, I'm talking two pounds at most. Like usually we're seeing uh, within a pound fluctuations day to day. So like, like my example of my weight, right? I weighed at 166 and 165.5 and then 165.8 and then 165.2. It's all within 165 to 166. And it's just kind of like bouncing around. Right. Um, I also know the leaner you get, the more likely you are to experience fluctuations because when you get really lean, um, it's, you notice things easier, right? It's just, it's just a fact you hold on to water easier. Um, If you're stressed, you're going to hold water. I've never seen anybody hold 10 to 12 pounds of water. Uh, That's like extreme levels of edema where like your fingers, your ankles, everything is just super swollen.
1: Yeah, like inflammatory. Yeah, Yeah. Um, water retention in
0: your limbs. Uh, But usually that happens when like, I mean, you have uh, like an infection. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine stress or anything outside of an allergic reaction causing that much edema. Um Something's going on, man. I mean, uh, unless your diet, like you say diet is consistent, but unless your diet is just crazy up and down, the only other thing I would say is too, is like, okay, you is it once a week? Is this every, and I've literally had this conversation with somebody word for word. I don't know if it was 12 pounds, but like humor me here. What, ha- what do you do the night before? Like what, is this just like a normal Tuesday? Like what's going on? And they're like, well, no, like I usually go out and do this, this, this. And like you kept peeling the onion, peeling the onion. You're going out and you're drinking a six pack of beer, taking some shots, having some street food. Like that's exactly why you're getting, you're gaining all that weight because you eat 5,000 calories. You have a bunch of food bulk. You have water retention from all the alcohol you drank. Like there's a whole storm event. You didn't sleep for shit. So cortisol's up. That's retaining more water. Like no wonder you retained a bunch, yeah. right? when Every single, I don't weigh in on Sundays until, like, these last couple weeks that I haven't drank, but, like, normally I don't weigh in Sundays for this exact reason. Even, like, I mean, honestly, I drink a whole bottle of wine probably every Saturday. It's easy for me to drink a whole bottle of wine. It's, like, what, four or five glasses? Piece of cake. Yeah. Um, Shannon will have, like, a, maybe a half a bottle, and I'll drink a full bottle, and then we'll eat some food, right? Not, I don't binge. I don't go overboard. It's something crazy. Sometimes it even fits my calories. It's not, like, insane, but... New foods that my gut isn't used to necessarily, my macros are kind of skewed, and all the alcohol, I retain a ton of water. So I literally will be probably like three or four pounds heavier the next day. At least two, up to four at most, and then it drops off by like Monday, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that's very normal. But like that's from me drinking all that stuff. But 10, 12 pounds is nuts. Those situations that you listed are not diet intake is consistent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I've talked to people that I'm I'm tracking macros, I'm working on doing all this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, like when does this happen? Well, I have one free day a week. Oh, uh, okay. Well, what's what's your free day? You yeah. know? And then you start peeling onion and then you learn like
1: Sunday morning at two AM.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's all it's a all out, yeah. you know. So I don't know. That's that's a really hard one to answer. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't really give you any, any specifics, man. But like, the more tightly you can regulate and track everything you're doing, the more likely you are to find answers. Totally. Um, and in general, fluctuations are normal. Sodium is going to increase and decrease... Uh, Water retention, alcohol, food groups, changes, digestion, bowel movements, all these things. But they're all very normal and they're bound to happen. This is why we take weekly averages. And I I find that the more – and this is why I actually enjoyed following more of a meal plan during my cut because it does limit fluctuations quite a bit. Because when you're eating the same exact thing, your digestion just gets so freaking – regular and on clock that you're not retaining water or food in your gut as easily because it's not introducing anything foreign it's the same shit every day totally um and it just makes it easier to account for those things right not meal plans not right for everybody and i'm not promoting that because we use flexible dieting with 95 of the people that we work with uh, but every once in a while we have people that are like i don't want to think about this i want very consistent everything i just want a routine and then i have like a day or two off so i have a lot of clients that will do like a meal plan during the week and then weekend it's flexible dieting they always know their daily intake so they can adjust when they need to throughout the week or weekend but um, it does keep things more consistent so sometimes in these situations i will get very repetitive with a client like hey let's just let's follow a meal plan for like a week or two just to see if we can control it and if we can control it then we can identify what was actually causing it and then go from there Mm. so yeah. yeah that's a good idea So uh, that's a wrap, guys. Uh, Check out our sponsor of the podcast, firstform.com slash Method for all of your supplement needs. Check out all the free content we have over at tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash blog slash videos slash podcast slash guides. And uh, make sure that you check out the app if you need workouts done for you every single day. It's like a trainer in the pocket or in the palm of your hand. Uh, it's Trainerapp.com and our coaching is tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online-coaching. As always, we appreciate you and we will catch you next time.